Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. How many people are grateful for community, for connection, for family? And uh, we're going to talk uh, this morning about someone who found, who, who is actually all about family and found herself uh, in even a greater family and a greater situation, uh, but w- w- there's a story to get into that. So, uh, Sarah, you want to come in? I think Sarah's going to read this. So, if you guys would stand for the reading of God's Word, we're going to actually read the whole story, and it's um, from Joshua chapter 2, Joshua chapter 2. So, if you have your Bibles or your apps, your Bible app, you can turn to Joshua Chapter 2, and I'm going to read from that. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. Verse 7. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that led to the fords of, of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that A great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did at Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself. 
there three days until they return and then go on your way. The men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all of your family into your house, if anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in this house with you, his blood will be on your head, on our head, if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord was surely, has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. That, you may be seated. Now there's, that's a story right there. Thank you, honey. So who's ready to get into this one? So um, the interesting thing that you, you notice, I noticed, when you get into, I don't, and I don't think I've ever preached on this story before. I kind of fallen through the cracks. I was like, whoa, Rahab, yeah. And the interesting thing about her is all through the scriptures, she has this title that almost seems a little unfair because obviously she changed her life if you read on. But, you know, Rahab, the prostitute, Rahab, Rahab the harlot. And, uh, and yet I, I feel like in God's wisdom, the scriptures, that he was wanting us to get a message. Okay? And her life is a message. Okay? And it's extraordinary uh, how she came out of the situation she was in, the reality that she was in, into a whole new world, whole new realm of deliverance. And um, so we're going to get into this. Um, the, the, the first thing I want to give you a context is that there, this is Joshua just on the front end of beginning to enter into the promised land on conquest to, uh, to take the land. Of course, it was filled with fortified cities, this, this being one of them, uh, and, uh, and with giants even. And so they're coming into the land of the Canaanites, and the Canaanites were a very uh, pagan culture and known for, for evil, for violence, and sacrificing their children to Moloch and, and all kinds of uh, evils that were in that culture. And so as they're coming into, um, into this city, we see that it's fortified, and um, the, uh, there's actually parts where you can read more in detail about Jericho, where the, the, the walls were wide enough that they could have chariot races along the top, okay? These are some big old walls. Now, now Rahab's home just happened to be embedded in, in one of those walls. Isn't that interesting? Okay? And so you got to visualize this. Very vivid, very visual story here. So here she is. You know, whether she's running a brothel or she's a prostitute or, you know, we know that she's, she's into that kind of sin. That was her livelihood. 
And, um, but her house is right there, okay? And um, one thing that I, I noticed about her, uh, there's a few things that we're going to talk about, but she, she knew how to cut a deal. Did you notice that? I mean, she was like, she, she was working it, and she even had the strategy of, she was, she was wise, and she had strategy, and she was almost, uh, um, well, she was, she was also exceedingly discerning, if you think about it, from a pagan culture steeped in this kind of reality, and who knows her backstory? I mean, a lot of times in, in these cultures, the ancient culture, if they couldn't, if the parents couldn't pay a debt, they would sell off some of the children into this type of lifestyle. Um, and so we don't know how she got there, whether she chose it. Chances are she was probably more of a victim, some things that happened to her that set her up into that reality of being a prostitute. Does this make sense? But regardless, we don't know exactly, but we know that this is who she is, what she does, and we know all through the scripture that Rahab the harlot, okay? And, uh, but this is a story that... Um, I think can encourage anyone. It's a, he, she even made it into the Hebrews chapter 11 hall of faith, heroes of faith. Here she is, okay? And um, so this, you know, no matter what you've been through, what your backstory is, whatever you've been into, I'm telling you, God has a plan, and he loves to use sometimes the most unlikely people for heroic things. And there was really only one real element that she needed uh, to be part of this story. And we'll get into that in a a minute here. Um, And so, um, but first point I want to talk about here is the the point number one is she was in sin. She was in a sinful culture. She was a sinner. She was uh, into the sexual sin. And um, like I said, we don't know to what degree, what God are there, victim or, or choices. But either way, um, this, here she is. We come upon her. And it, it's interesting to think about it. What, what made the, the, two, the two spies go to her house? <laughs> Just kind of think about that. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really tell us, like, how did they end up there of all the places they could have ended up, right? It's like, oh, interesting. Okay. But anyways, these guys, they were good guys. I think so. I mean, it looks like they, they had a good report, at least. They're better than the 12 that Moses sent in. Remember the 12? I think, I think Joshua learned something. He goes, we're not doing that big committee anymore of 12. We're just sending in two. He's remembering. I remember two came back okay. So we'll just send in two and forget the rest, right, with a bad report when they went into the land. You remember this? Okay, so here they end up at her house. Um, but God can, watch this, and will use anyone, okay? No matter what your backstory is, what you've been through, and that's why we celebrate God. He is so rich in mercy, and he'll, 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 he'll take our mess and make it a message, take the test we've been through, make it a testimony, right? And, uh, and so we celebrate him all day long because he's, he's good like that, and one of the things that I, I, I notice here is that um, one of the phrases that just caught me, I think it's verse 14, it says, uh, as the, the two spies responded to the deal she was kind of cutting here, she's like, she's saying, and they, they listened to her, they're probably thinking, who is this woman? I mean, like, like and, 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 she, and he says, and they, but they respond, they say, our lives for your lives, the men assured her, okay? And 
and really that's the gospel, Jesus' life for our life. It's like, if you, it's a transfer of salvation, but someone had to lay down their life. And because he lives, we live, right? And, uh, and it's just, it's, a, it's an extraordinary story, but I believe it was just a little foreshadowing there. And, um, and so uh, God's mercy, and, and we see that as you read on into the story that uh, she is redeemed, her, her, obviously her, her past is forgiven, her sin is forgiven, and she becomes a new person, living in a new culture and a new reality, and we'll, we'll get into that a little more. But, um, you know, at this point, she, she escaped, and, and we'll talk how she did it in a second, but she escaped the cult of her culture, okay, steeped in, in pagan uh, revelry and all the things that was going on in the Canaanite world, and here she was. And this is how she did it, point number two. So first number point, we recognize she, she was in sin. Is there anyone that doesn't relate to that one? We're all, we've all been in sin, right? We come from the same place she did. And remember, Jesus said, sometimes we can go, ooh, you know, prostitution is a bad one. And it is. However, Jesus said, if you're guilty of one sin, you're guilty of them all. So we're all in the same boat, the sinner boat, right? Praise be to God for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right, that takes us into that promised land, and uh, so let's go to point number two. Okay, she was number one. She was in faith. Point number two, or sorry, number number one. She was in sin. Point number two. She was in faith. I gave I gave it away. Okay, uh, she was she was in faith, and faith moves God all through the Bible, all the stories, Old Testament, New Testament. If you want to see God move. Just give me some faith. That's really all God's saying. Give me some faith. I'll move. I can work with that. God's attracted to faith. It actually says, uh, without faith, it's impossible, impossible, think about that word, to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But when we begin to move in faith, what she was doing all through the story, we begin to access his mercy and his grace. It's there. It's out there dangling for everyone. His mercy and his grace is like, hey, anybody want this? Well, we access it by faith, by believing. And so she began to do that. And I love the statement that she comes, um, and, you know, the, the guards had come to, to the house and, and said, hey, we saw these guys. Someone reported, you know, these spies came to your house. And she's like, no, no, well, they were here for a minute, but, you know, they, they're they already left the city. If you go quick, you can catch them probably. <laughs> you see these kind of, kind of dumb guards like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And she goes back up on the roof, you know, and she, and she comes up to him and, and she says this to him. says, I know that God has given this land to you, to the Israelites, and that great fear of you has fallen on us, on her, on her people, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. So she, this, this woman had discernment. I mean, she's in transition from prostitute to prophet here. She's prophesying. She, she sees what's happening. She sees the Yahweh, the one true living God, on the move, on conquest. And, and she, could, she, she knew what was about ready to go down. She said, we saw how you, how you cut a path for them. Through the, through the Red Sea and on dry land. And we see what you did to the, the, the kings of the east, how you obliterated them. And, and, and we see, and our hearts are melting. And she said, everyone's courage has failed. But there's something interesting. 
as far as we know, her and her family were the only ones saved. And um, I'm going to touch on why, why I think that was so. It says uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, we talked about the, the, the hall of faith. It says, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 30, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. We know that's the outcome of this story. Um, after the people had marched around them for seven days, you guys remember the, that was the strategy to march around and, and blow the trumpets and finally the great shout on the seventh day and the walls came down, started to crumble. Um, in verse 31 it says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. But if you actually go in the, in the, in the Greek there, it says we're not uh, killed with those who were unbelieving. Okay? So she showed faith in action as she welcomed the spies and was proactive in what she was seeing. She didn't just say, well, well, we're... I'm sure there's a lot of people going, chances are we're toasts. I mean, these guys are trouncing every king. Uh, they got God fighting for them. I mean, their hearts are already melting. But she was proactive with their faith. Are you seeing this? And, and, it, and it's extraordinary that that she was delivered and the rest uh, were, were killed in the destruction of Jericho because they were unbelieving. Do you think anyone else had a chance to believe? Yes. I believe they did. Yes. But it's interesting how, how many people in a culture can be filled with bad news. Everything's going to get worse. We're going to see where this whole thing's going. There's probably a lot of people that aren't, don't even have faith in God, but they're going... Man, we're at the end times. Man, this is not going good. This is not looking good. You look at Revelation, the amount of people that, that are cussing out God, and, but yet not repenting as the world literally falls apart, is obliterated as we've known it, and they don't turn to the Lord with belief and repentance. So it's amazing how sometimes pagans keep their hearts hardened towards the living God. And then we see in James uh, 2, chapter 24, you see that a, a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone, just cutting in on there in verse 24. And it says, in the same way, it's amazing. Here's Rahab, another she, uh, happening, another appearance in the New Testament here. Uh, it says, in the same way, Rahab was not, um, sorry, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she lodged the spies and sent them off a different direction. She could have betrayed them. She could have told on them, you know. Um, and so it's an example of faith in action, okay? So it wasn't just faith. Uh, it, was, it was the fact that she acted upon it. Have you guys ever noticed the difference between Christians and practicing Christians? It's, it's easy to say, I believe, I believe. But even the demons do that, and they shudder. Right? But then there's those who say, I got so much faith, I can't help but do stuff. I can't help but get involved. I can't help but be proactive. God, what would you have me do? It's an outcome of faith. True faith. Does this make sense? I mean, you have to wonder if, if we don't actually uh, put the gospel in action, do we even have authentic faith, faith in the first place? Or are we part of the unbelieving? Because we just couldn't get around to the action part, the fruit of our repentance. Okay, so uh, 
Okay, point number three, Rahab, she was in the family, okay? She, now, through this transaction that happens and her faith in action and all that goes down, um, and, and I just want to say one thing here. It's interesting. So you picture her house embedded in the, in the walls. Remember the Jericho walls? You, you learn from Sunday school on that those walls crumbled. So if you picture really what's happening here, and she's got the, 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 the red, the scarlet uh, cord or thread or whatever, you know, rope, you know, uh, hanging out of that window, all those walls would have crumbled except one little sliver where her home was. And imagine the miracle that God did, like, where, you know, it all comes crumbling down miraculously. God did that part, right? And then there's this little tower. Now, yeah, that's Rahab's tower there. Deliverance, right? But who was in there with her? Her family. And I want to say this to you. One of the things that I'm surely moved the heart of God. She was a family woman. No matter what her occupation was, she was all about her family. Uh, she had taken her family in and um, into this place for protection. And when they, they asked her, okay, what, what do you want? You know, she could have said, well, I want personal protection. Why don't you protect me? Send some guards. I'm going to take care of me. Or I want some gold. I heard you guys got a lot of gold from Egypt. Your pockets are still full, aren't they? Not much to buy in the desert. You still got it. Give me some of that gold. I made a deal with you. No. Well, I hear you guys are, got, are in the land business. You're like conquesting land everywhere. Can you just cut me some land? No, she, she didn't care about any of that stuff. She cared about her family being saved. She cared about her family. She goes, I want my family saved. That's a noble heart. If we're not willing to take care of our own family, Scripture warns against that. But she was. I want my family saved. And, and we're, and, and, and in so doing of bringing her family into that place of deliverance, that protected place, um, she became, she, she inherited family. In her story, she goes on to live with the Israelites. Okay, she becomes part of the family of God, the chosen people. She goes from being a Canaanite pagan prostitute to being part of the family. And then later on, we're going to see that she even married in, okay? And, uh, and so you want your family to be saved. I think one of the things that, that we have to understand with a, with a heart for family is that the protection for family starts with you and I, just like her. She had a heart for that, and she received that reward. And, uh, you know, we can say, wow, it's getting bad out there, man. Politics and Washington, D.C., and all the evil that's in the earth right now. And it is. We can see it raising its ugly head. We can say, oh, Hollywood, it's just so evil. It's so, so, such insidi insidious messages. And, and, you know, but let me say, tell you something. That, all that stuff can't get into your family unless you let it in, especially talking to the men. Especially talking to the men. It can all be out there, but it's, it's what you let in. That's what, you know, is, is the difference between whether our family is protected or not. Does this make sense? And so, um, just moving on to um, Matthew. Now, this is an amazing part. The genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And you can go to verse 5 there. Uh, Solomon, the father of Boaz, watch this, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the mother of 
Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. She made it into the family, y'all, into the lineage of not only King David, of Jesus. And they say that um, the man that she married, um, who was it? Was a mother of Solomon? Uh, Solomon was the, the was the. Uh, sorry, I had to find it there. He was the uh, the the builder of Bethlehem. He was the build, He was the man who was who who was. Uh, Credited as the father of Bethlehem. He built Bethlehem. Isn't that extraordinary? So you see this all woven together the way only God can. From a pagan culture, from steeped in sin. And all of a sudden she's woven into the lineage, woven into the genealogy, woven into the family. Part of the bloodline. Woo, come on someone. So she was Jesus' great, 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 great. They say 28 great grandmas, 28. Okay, but she was a great grandma of Jesus. Isn't God good? Look at his mercy. He'll bring anyone into the family if you have faith. What gets you in? Faith. If we believe, all things are possible. Woo! Come on, y'all. Okay, so she comes in, as we mentioned, by faith into God's storyline. So in other words, point number four, she is in the story. She's in the story. And I, th- I think even in a sense, just a, just a picture of her house on the wall. I, I, also, to me, I, when I thought of that, I was just picturing it. I thought, like, she was, she was kind of on the fence. There's a lot of people on the fence. They're just on the edge of their culture, ready to jump out. Looking at the pagan society in here and seeing this isn't really working in here, man. There's a lot of pain in there, a lot of, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of fear going down. You want to see a lot of fear creeping up on society. And so she was like right there, ready to jump into a new life. I believe there's so many people sitting on the fence right now, kind of trying to decide, like, do I, do I stay in all this that I've ever known? Or, or is there something, is there a new way? Is there a new way? And, and I believe that literally the way, the truth, and the life is going to be uh, broadcast across the nations, across the world, like never before. I believe there's a surge of the gospel coming in the midst of the hopelessness of mankind. The good news is going to shine like never before because there's a lot of people sitting on the fence ready to jump into the kingdom, jump into the family if someone would tell them. And another picture I thought of just uh, just reading her story, you know, in, in a sense, the lowlands. I mean, just a pretty low occupation for the prostitution, all these things. But she, so she lived in the lowlands, but her house was up, up in a high place on the wall, the walls of intercession. She, so in a, in a sense, there's a lot of people who still got this sin going on here, but they're called up here. They're called to a place of prophetic impact in the culture, and it's just a matter of that transaction to happen, just exercising faith, and a profound deliverance will come. I believe you guys got friends and family members that you see them kind of uh, trying to choose between two different ways, and, and God wants to, wants to literally activate faith in people that are just sitting on the wall right now. Does this make sense? And, and they're, they're going to come up into their, they might be living in the lowlands of their occupation, what they've bought into, whatever. But it's just a matter of time. They're going to come into a high place, into the deliverance of the Lord, into the destiny for which they are created, into the lineage of God. Yeah. Come on. 
This is actually what we were praying into during intercession. Um, yeah. So, Lord, I just thank you. This word, those that are on the fence, you guys all know people that are on the fence. We're just going to believe together that they're going to come into the kingdom. So, Lord, here we are. We're adding our faith and believing. Those that are right now on the fence, uh, kind of caught between the world and the kingdom, we just say, plunge them into the kingdom. We just say, immerse them into the kingdom. Call them in right now in Jesus' name. Break off any lies that are holding them in the darkness. Oh, Lord, give them, give them keys and bring people in, Lord, to bring the rescue. Rescue them right now, Lord, out of darkness into the light. We just call them in right now. We just say, save their souls, oh, Lord, and that they will, they will do the miraculous, they will bring miraculous breakthrough in their own lives by them stepping into the kingdom. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. Everyone say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name, I said. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Woo! Yes, Lord. All right, so the other fascinating part of the story is this, this, uh, this scarlet thread cord, whatever we call it, the red ribbon. Remember the old tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree? Yeah, that's way before you guys, isn't it? It's, well, it wasn't the yellow one. It was the red one. They said, this is what we were, we're going to be looking for. If you keep this in your window, but if it's, if it's not there... You know, you're toast. And I believe it speaks literally of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the deliverance. That red, that scarlet thread had to be visual, visible out of the window. And I believe that, that, again, that speaks of the deliverance of the blood of the Lamb. How many people are grateful for the blood of Jesus? You know, put, put the blood on the doorposts. I mean, this is, this, again, we see the, 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 the foreshadowing, the types of the gospel of the Lamb of God himself who would come and spill his blood on our behalf. And because of his blood, we are saved and sanctified. and We become new creation in Christ Jesus. So she had a brand new beginning. She comes out of the pagan culture. She comes into the chosen um, uh, Israelite community, and she begins to have a husband and children, and everything changes. So this is a profound story. Let's go ahead and we can bring the keyboard, whoever's on that. And let's just begin to see what Holy Spirit's going to stir up here right now. Thank you, Jesus. So just to review the points, we started with she was in sin, where we all start. And then she was in faith. Then she was in the family. And the final, final one, then she's in the story, in God's storyline. Isn't that awesome? Praise him. Woo! Thank you, Lord. It's all by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.
I just feel like there's a place of repentance to start with. If there's sin, if there's things that have been causing you to live in the lowlands, but you know you're called to a high calling in Christ Jesus, it's time to let it go. Lord, we thank you that your blood is strong enough to deliver us, Lord, from all evil, from addictions, from the past, from the guilt and the shame of former things, Lord. Behold, I do a new thing, says, says the Lord. Do you not perceive it? I want to do a new thing in you. I want to do a new thing in my people. There's such a time. How great is the love of the Father. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one, but we know that we are children of God. Do you know you're a child of the Most High? That you've been called to be part of his family, both now and forevermore, forevermore, eternal family in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement of this story that you can use anyone, Lord, who has faith. can and you do. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I just got a, a couple things of words. So, uh, Caitlin, I got a word for you. I just, I just feel like the Lord said you are a woman of faith. Like you, you're in a small package, but dynamite comes in a small package. And I feel like the Lord said there's explosive faith, mountain-moving faith in you. And you haven't seen the half of it. God's just setting you up for the next, the next level. And uh, we, we just bless you. We just thank you, Lord, that she has held on, Lord. She's held on, held on to you, Lord. You, you are first and foremost. And, and I feel like the, the Lord said there's a, there's a, a, a coming together uh, of things that you've fought for and believed for. I just see uh, there's a, 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 an assembling of, of vision into reality for you for such a time as this. Lord, we just thank you that you will supply all of her needs, Lord. And as, she, and as she sows, she will reap. And I feel like the Lord said, you've sown for years, you've sown for years, you've sown with tears, and there's a reaping, there's a harvest coming upon your life. And we bless you. Woman of faith, mountain-moving faith. Amen. Let's just stand up for a moment. Yeah, she's standing. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. But, but let's extend our, extend our hands to her. She's mountain-moving faith, Lord. We just thank you. You've brought her back to Nashville for such a time as this. For such a time as this, Lord. You've put vision on her heart, Lord. You've put conquest on her heart, on her mind. She's a, she, I feel like you said, I'm more than a conqueror. And, and, and one victory is not enough. I just feel like there's a series of victories in your future that, that you've been prepared for and you're not going to settle for less. So, so we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Aleluia. Aleluia. So I, I have something for uh, Wilson's mom. Yeah. Tell me your name again. Jeannie. So I just see, like, the Lord giving you wings. And I feel like the Lord said you really are called to prayer. You're really an intercessor and a worshiper. And, and I, I just feel like, um, there's, you've, I don't know, I feel like in a sense you felt like, well, I got wings, but they've, they're broken. I got broken wings, you know. And I felt like the Lord said just, just stretch them out. And, and I feel like you're going to be amazed as you, in faith, you stretch out your spiritual gift, the calling on your life, and, uh, and you're, you're going to go, whoa, these are huge. These are, these are not broken. And it's for such a time as this, and I feel like there's an, an updraft coming for you. There's, there's really an updraft of the Spirit, and it's, but it's for you and your whole family. But there's something, your, your wings are going to catch it first. Your wings are going to catch something that's going to spill over to your whole family. And we just thank you for her faith, Lord. We thank you for her faith, Lord. And I pray that she will catch the wind, winds of refreshing times in his presence. I feel like vision is coming just like an eagle. There's vision. Uh, there's vision for your husband that's coming. Uh, uh, I just feel like where the enemies tried to blind, uh, Lord, the Lord is coming to, to illuminate, to illuminate. Thank you, Lord. This will be a family of light, Lord, chosen for such a time as this, for such a time as this, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. What you all laughing at? Do you all hear they're having a boy, a little baby boy? Woo! <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So beautiful. Y'all stand up for a moment. So, Lord, we just thank you for this son. We thank you for this son. We thank you, Lord, for this son, that he will be a son of God. This is no ordinary son. This is a son of God. This is a child of the Most High, already set apart in the womb, already set apart, holy unto the Lord. Father, we just thank you for the prophetic fire on his life, Lord. From the earliest age, he will know you. From the earliest age, even now, Lord, let him leap in the womb. Let him leap in the womb at the name of Jesus the name of the one he serves, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that you're preparing them. I feel like the Lord said that um, parenthood is going to be is going to be easy. It's going to it's just going to be it's just going to flow out of you. It's just going to be like, oh, I, this is I can do this. I just feel like there's going to be a, such a grace for parenthood, and uh, so we bless you into that. We just thank you for the joy, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. This is a bundle of joy on His way, a bundle of joy. Hallelujah. Amen. That was good. See what happens when you laugh at me? Thank you, Lord. Let's see what else we got here. Thank you, Jesus. Callie, come on up here for a second. I feel like Callie needs to prophesy. In, in season, out of season. You got something, girl.
by your voice, Lord. God, who's on your heart today, God? want to encourage you that um, the Holy Spirit's with you, and um, yeah, I just saw like this fresh wind coming on you, um, strength, and boldness, and like a rest and the wind of God over your life, um, just to feel supported by the Lord, that you don't have to, you don't have to figure anything out separate from Him. You don't have to prepare the way before he speaks or before he directs, but that um, the Lord is with you and you know him. And I feel like it's a special season of just resting and leaning back into the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I just speak joy over your season, the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Just pray lots of laughter. You know, joy comes in the morning and whatever's felt weighty or heavy um, or it's felt hard to laugh, that God would just bring a breakthrough for you or it's like, even the silliest things, it's just like, ah, and just like laughter and joy. And so I bless you today just to, to feel the wind of God all around you, even in the smallest decisions that you make and the joy of the Lord, that is your strength. Amen. So uh, Donnie, right back here. So Donnie, I, I looked at you. Why don't you stand up? Everyone needs to know who Donnie is. We're, we have the privilege of getting to know him, and uh, he's a singer and a, and a chiropractor. That's a great combination, right? Uh, but I, I looked at you, and I saw you. You were It was like a picture of, like, like Iron Man. Like, you were standing there, and, and uh, when you put your arms out, and, and you were just, you were, it was like almost a picture of the cross, put your arms out like that and you just went like this and all the pieces of iron of armor actually was coming on you and I felt like the Lord said in this place of surrender there's a place of sweet surrender where God is going to send the the heavenly armor that you've been designed for has been designed for you and I feel like for such a time as this it's like it's all just kind of coming to you it's coming to you so I just believe that in, in that place of surrender just that yes that simple yes to the Lord. There's resource of heaven coming your way. There's connections and uh, it's what you've been prepared for, designed for, for such a time as this. And we just bless you. We, we thank you, Lord, for Donnie. We thank you for his life. We thank you for the giftings and the calling. But I felt like the Lord said, even even like David, how he was so gifted in uh, you know, music and singing and, 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 and other aspects of you know, warfare and stuff. 
but there was an anointing on his life. He, he was only anointed to be king. Okay? And, there, and there, the other things were giftings. And I feel like you've been walking in giftings, but now you're coming into your anointing. There's an anointing on your life. And the Lord's going to show you what that is. But he's bringing the, uh, the resources of heaven, the armor of heaven, to help you walk into that high calling for such a time. Amen? Amen. Okay, Callie, part two. Jonathan, yeah, you were highlighted to me, but I just wanted to start with saying, like, I was thinking about you this week and just thinking of how awesome it is that you just really poured into Eagles Landing and um, just your support, just out of the, the goodness of your heart, just to give your time and your energy. And so I just want you to know that scene and that the Lord sees that, like, even if it's an hour of your time, just like, how can I be there? How can I show up? And that it's even a testament of your name, you know, just like the support of Jonathan with King David. And um, and so I just want to bless you with what God's put in your hands, that in the way that you have sown generously, that it'll be returned to you and generously. So, Lord, I do pray for Jonathan even now. And just thank you for his heart that is just to come alongside and to support and to give. And I just thank you that you see that every sacrifice, every it's, it's big to you, God. Every sacrifice is so big to you, and you see it all. And I ask that you just return to him how he's sown generously, Lord, that you would just give back generously to him the desires of his heart. Whatever he needs, Lord, I thank you that you're pouring out generously over his life. In Jesus' name. Excellent. Um, Tom and Jody, my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Will you all stand up for a second? I just felt like the Lord was highlighting you guys, and he was just saying that you're coming into a, a new era, a new dimension, a new realm, or whatever you want to call it, a new chapter, but I felt like the Lord was saying that, that I saw a picture of you guys like getting out of a boat and beginning to walk on water, and I felt like um, they're in a season of la- launching a, a, a new business, and, and, uh, but I felt like the Lord said that you're going to begin to see the miraculous like never before. Just as Peter began to walk in miraculous, I feel like it's just a whole new level of of uh, faith, but also um, the results of faith, the, the reward of faith that we talked about today. And so, Lord, we just bless them and we thank you, Lord. That I feel like the Lord said, "Your your gifts for both of you, Tom and Jody, your gifts are going to come alive like never before, and you're even going to discover some new ones. Like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I was good at that." And, and so, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you've been prepared for such a time. At the top of the year, Lord, we're just going to see a, a launch, a launching. And it's not just a, a business launching. or a, um, it's There's a spiritual launching that you need to be ready for and, and excited about, prepared for, launching into spiritual destiny. And we bless them into that, Lord. And all the resource of heaven is available to you as you access it by, by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up, y'all. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the encouragement of the story, how you use all of us, Lord. We come from a place of brokenness, but Lord, you're so faithful to us. Lord, you're exceedingly kind to us, and your kindness leads us to repentance, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. 
So you woo us and you call us. You call us up. Call us up, Lord. Time and time again. And I pray for a whole church, a whole community that walks in nothing less than the high calling of God. Lord, we wouldn't live in the lowlands, Lord. But, uh, uh, Lord, that the updraft that's coming for this community, that everyone have the wings to catch it, the wings of, of worship, the wings of faith. Lord, we just thank you for that, Lord. Lord, give us vision. Where If you felt like your vision has been tampered with, vision tampered with, where it's been dismantled or it's been uh, blurred vision, you got double vision, like, well, maybe this and maybe that and kind of this, that, uh, uh, just put your hands up. God's going to clear up some vision. Lord, we just thank you, Father. I'm putting my hand up too. Lord, Lord, that you're going to give clarity. You're going to give confirmation, affirmation, Lord, of what you've called us to. And Lord, that you would remove the debris, remove the distractions, remove deceptions, Lord. Give us clarity, Lord. Give us clarity, Lord. Make our eyes single. Make our eyes single that we could see. No blurred lines, Lord. There's an anointing on vision right now. Thank you, Jesus. And then God's going to bring a knowing, a knowing, just a knowing, knowing that you're in the right place, walking with him, a knowing, just a peace. Might not make sense to the world. Might not be what the world says to do. It doesn't matter what the world says. The cult of culture cannot hold you cannot hold you back from the high calling. It's just a knowing, a peace, a shalom, knowing you're where you're to be, doing what God's called you to do. And I believe that with this vision, there's going to be doors. Doors will open. Doors will open. But you got to see it. you got to see it. Like if you're standing in one of those rooms where there's like seven doors, you got you got to see which door it is to open. So, Lord, highlight the doors that you've put before your people, Lord. And we thank you for the reward behind the doors, Lord. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And we give you praise now. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. All right, well, God bless you. Greet someone, love someone, have a great lunch. And we also have a practice for the recording uh, starting at 2 p.m. here. So if you're part of that, 2 p.m. here for the recording practice. And God bless you all. Try to come Saturday for the live recording.